Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The best and the worst on the box. It's the Custard TV podcast. Wakey, wakey. Your school days. Morning, Carisha. Morning, miss. Love them. <gasps> I got it right on the calculator. I know how to do fractions now. All loathe them. Oh. Hello, intervention room, the place of pain. It's not fair. <laughs> you never forget them. Welcome back to the Custard TV podcast, folks. It's Matt here. Uh, a lot of you last night will have been watching uh, Educating the East End, and we're very lucky to have on the other end of the line uh, Mr. Bisfam, who uh, was undoubtedly the star, I would say, of last night's episode. Good morning, it- Mr. Bisfam. <laughs> Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? <laughs> have you had that happen yet? Has anyone done that to you yet in that sort of scenario where they all sort of say it in unison? Uh, yeah, all the, all the time. All the time. <laughs> if you can get them to speak all at once, you're quite happy about it, though. <laughs> I suppose you better um, get used to being called just Mr. Bisfam for now. Not you, you know, you're sacrificing your first name, essentially, appearing on a educating series, I found. I, I, I think so. I think it's going to be a while. But what is quite nice is it's a, it's a name that usually people can't pronounce. So <laughs> the, fact, the fact that they'll at least be able to do that, I'm going to take no excuses for that for now on. Sort of take yourself back to when it was sort of uh, first announced that uh, the uh, school was being put forward for the latest educating series. Uh, what was your initial reaction to the sort of, to applying for the show? My initial reaction when I first found out is what do they think they're doing? You know, this is the <laughs> silliest idea to allow cameras into all of our lessons for such a period of time, I just thought was absolutely balmy. But you kind of come around to it thinking, you know, we are really proud of what we do. We're really proud of our kids. And we are, you know, we think we're a great advert for community education. So why would we not share that? And we also think the educating series before, Yorkshire and Essex, were both... Have done, I don't think there's been anything that's done more for teenagers in this country and the perception of them in the public eye. So was there sort of an audition process? Were you, do you know if you were pitted against other schools in any way? Were they um, looking at a few schools or...? I, I, don't, I, I don't know how, um, how Channel 4, uh, 2 4, sorry, the um, production company were working at. I do know they got a call, Just we, just, we got a call from them, or um, Jenny did, Miss Smith, the head teacher, um, in September... Uh, just as Yorkshire was going out, um, September 2013. And it was a long old process. And we really, the we, it was only at the end of that term, just before Christmas, where we found out we were um, had been chosen by the production company. 
And then we still had to, had to get ratified by governors. Um, SLT had to agree on it. So it was still quite a long process. Mm. But I don't know how many other schools they were considering. So how long did the actual, uh, for all the sort of cameras and stuff, how long did that all um, take to set up and just sort of talk us through that sort of process? In January, we had the producers come in, the whole team came in, started talking to staff. I mean, I think we were, a lot of us were still at the stage of, we think this is a balmy idea. Um, <laughs> we started speaking to them. They put us in contact with um, people who had been in Educating Yorkshire and Educating Essex. I spoke to Matt Burton or mm. Mr Burton. Yeah. Um, who you know helped put my mind at ease quite a lot because he was just he could have had no not a bad word to, to say about the whole process even in private I couldn't believe it. They were then coming to our lessons. They were getting to know the kids. They were visiting, doing home visits. They were getting to know us. They were there for a long time before the cameras went in. Um, the cameras seemed to go. They went in over a half term. So you, okay. you turned up. They weren't there. <laughs> uh, you left for half term and you came back on the Monday of that first half term and there was just cameras everywhere, which was a bit surreal to start off with. And then the the filming process takes, it was, I think it was all of that half term plus a couple of weeks after the Easter break. So all in all, you're you're probably looking at, I think it was eight, nine weeks filming. So not too long then. Uh... No, it's not a huge amount of time. I mean, I think the the thing is, is so much happens in schools um, and... It, you know that is you can get huge amounts happen in a nine week period, mm. and they also had an idea of what was going on in the half term before that. So it kind of all leads into those um, the lessons that were filmed. So how aware were you of the cameras when they when they were? It's interesting because <laughs> the first couple of days, of course, you're very aware they're there, um, but you kind of the the, the na- very nature of the job means it's very fast paced. You know, if you imagine, as soon as one set of kids leave, another set come in, you've got to quickly get your lesson set up, you're teaching, 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 and then lunchtime arrives and you've got to do all the things you've got to do. So you're not thinking about other um, things going on. Uh, the only time that I can think that was an exception to that is one day I was just, I was teaching a lesson, cameras were on, and I was talking to a child and I just noticed the camera in the corner of my eye. And <laughs> I don't know what, I, what made me think this, but I just thought it would be really bad if I fell over right now. And I became fixated with this idea I was going to fall over, which in some ways probably made me more likely to fall over. So I was kind of stumbling around the class slowly, thinking, I don't want to fall over. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I became obsessed with it, but I think that that's the one time, that lesson is the one time I can really remember noticing their presence. So it didn't sort of put any extra pressure on you thinking they were there? Sort of specifically, obviously, we saw you doing your lesson observation at the end of the episode. It was quite a big thing. They sort of didn't play into that at all. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the lesson observation and the yeah. build-up to that, there was, outside of the planning and prep for it, when I was thinking about it, of course, there was something in my mind yeah. thinking, you know, lesson observations are daunting enough, but I'd also <laughs> managed to get to a point where the cameras were on as well. It's a big day for Mr Bisfan. He has an observation of his Year 9 English class with head teacher Miss Smith and assistant head Miss Higgins. I can't remember what I'm saying. My seating plans have changed it not that long ago just because they're annoying me and I don't remember where they sit. Terrifying. They've trusted you in their school and they've believed in you and this is your chance to prove you're doing it right. They they wanted to film the observation because that's part of school but I think you find very few teachers actually willing to do that for a lot of reasons. But I I guess I just thought, well, you know, this is part of the job. It's it's a big part of our lives. The pressure that's on 
with observations should really be communicated because I think a lot of the time people think the teachers whinge a lot but don't really understand why they whinge. Mm. <laughs> so I was really getting across, you know, just how difficult the job is. How aware do you think the pupils were? Was there any sort of playing up to them at all? Because as we saw in the episode, there's quite a few sort of big characters in, in certainly in the class, the year nine class you teach. One of the funny things about it was the fact that the, the way the pupils reacted to the cameras were very different to what you necessarily expect. I have a year 10 class that I thought would be really, they were the first class that were being filmed and on that first day I thought they'd be awful um, in terms of acting up. But it was like I, they thought I was gathering evidence against them. <laughs> they just sat in their seats completely still. And I, I was like, guys, what are you doing? It's maybe a drama lesson. No, no I don't want to move. Um, but but the um, I have to say, the first couple of days, there was probably, they were very aware of them. But after that, they just get they're just part of the furniture and the kids just it's it's unbelievable how quickly they get used to them and just carry on acting as they normally do um i think if anything they were they were more determined to be well behaved to start off with the cameras but actually they um that quickly, uh, went back to normal the character sort of reverted back to type um, yeah exactly absolutely <laughs> When did you actually learn that you all sort of were sort of one of the focal points of one of the episodes, which ended up being the episode we saw last night? Um, I think I I found out, you know, they, they they communicate what they're thinking quite a lot of the time. So at the start, they're very much like, we don't know what we're interested in. We want to film and then they need to work out what their what stories they want to follow. There's so many stories that go on in the school. I'm sure there was plenty more they could have thought about. But they... It became clearer as I was asked for more interviews. Um, I had an idea, and then they started talking me through the episode. Um, they don't really show us any footage for obvious reasons, mm. because I, I think some of those, if you can imagine, if you saw some of those scenes out of context, as as me, <laughs> you'd be mortified. Um, mm. But then they start to show it all in context, and they talk you through it all the time. It's a really good conversation with the production company, and... I kind of, you know, I was certain by the end of the summer term I'd be in it um, a reasonable amount. And then, you know, by um, I, I saw it for the first time about three weeks ago. Tony, I am going to have to put you into departmental parking. What, and have a detention after school? And you'll have a detention. <sighs> for God's sake. Yeah, but the fact you is that everyone warnings. swears. Everyone swears. I can't talk to the back of your head. One more time, please turn around. In the weaker moments, I think, can I do this? Was it sort of strange seeing yourself on screen then? Yeah, for a variety of different reasons. Firstly, I thought I had a real poker face, which (laughs) I think everyone that's seen the episode now will agree, I do not have any sort of poker face. It's like my face projects my innermost thoughts at all times. Um, I couldn't believe it. And the other thing I I found is, I um I thought I sounded I thought I sounded like Richard Burton in my head I do anyway, <laughs> but in real life I sound like some sort of mix between Jamie Oliver and Simon Sharma. <laughs> it's, just, it's just terrible. <laughs> and did uh, when you first watched it was it did it change the uh, perception of how your pupils see you? I think it does to a certain extent because there's obviously that bit where you know in the observation they're all mm. being so saying such sweet things. And I really did appreciate that. The whole class want to like put um, effort into it, 
and make him proud because he's putting all this effort in for us to get our levels up so he deserves that back. We want the other teachers to see that he's a good teacher because he is a good yeah, teacher. Yeah, because he is. It's just, I don't know, thank mm. you in a way. Uh, we've sort of touched on it, but do you think the uh, the sort of educating series that we've seen so, so far has been helpful in promoting the good work that teachers do? I think I think absolutely. I think both the teenagers, teenagers in general, and teachers have been, have, you know, I think it's the best advert for both mm. that has probably ever happened. Honestly, and completely honestly, say this: when I decided to retrain as a teacher in two thousand and eleven, is when I made the decision. Was I actually made my application to teach first in about the end of October two thousand and eleven? Now, the, one of the big drivers to that was just seeing Educating Essex. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and seeing these wonderful... I love Mr. Drew. I just mm. love Mr. Drew. Um, and seeing these wonderful, articulate, interesting people that are actually making a huge amount of difference. And it wasn't certainly my perception of teachers, maybe from the outside, because I'd only known them in school mm. and probably didn't have huge regard for the, the profession, actually. And it was Educating Essex that made me think, yeah, that is something I want to do. And certainly helped me, and I imagine it had a similar effect on other people. And obviously yeah. Yorkshire last year, it was just um, incredible to watch. Okay. How do you think you and the school will cope if you have anywhere near the sort of success that Yorkshire has had, winning awards and turning up on other television programmes? And is that something you've thought about at all? Uh, I, well, I think obviously watching the BAFTAs and the National Television Awards last year, when we were, we'd found out we were, uh, uh, were being on it, it did cross my mind that I should uh, should consider where I'm going to rent a dinner jacket from. But um, <laughs> that, yeah, um, so to, to BAFTA and the NTA, um, I, I'll be waiting for the uh, for the car outside on the night. Um, all dressed up, ready to go. You know, I think it's it's been so. It's not something we expected. I think a couple of years ago to happen. It's it's been an amazing experience so far, and I really just I'm going to try my best to enjoy it as much as I can because you know these things don't come. Up, it's not your typical year and not an opportunity that everyone gets. So no. thank take you. care, thank you, Joe. Bye. <laughs> um, thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks a lot. Download this podcast from thecustardtv.com. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal.